Cerebral is an online mental health service that offers prescription medication, counseling, and therapy for anxiety, depression, ADHD, insomnia, and more. Cerebral is one of the few services that provides prescription medication online through a licensed provider and ships medication straight to your door. You can schedule sessions based on what's most convenient for you, and you don't have to wait weeks to be seen. And BuzzFeed Daily listeners can receive 65% off your first month of medication management and care counseling at Cerebral.com slash BuzzFeed. Go to Cerebral.com slash BuzzFeed for 65% off your first month. Join Cerebral today on their mission to make quality mental health care accessible and affordable for all. I'm Jake Halpern, host of Deep Cover. Our new season is about a lawyer who helped the mob run Chicago. He bribed judges and even helped a hitman walk free until one day when he started talking with the FBI and promised that he could take the mob down. I've spent the past year trying to figure out why he flipped and what he was really after. Listen to Deep Cover on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What grows in the forest? Our imagination and our family bonds. The forest is closer than you think. Find a forest near you at discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council. Olivia Rodrigo pushed back on accusations of copyright infringement. Peloton responded to a very surprising moment in the Sex and the City reboot. And we're speaking with Harvard researchers Marco Loggia and Ludovica Bruciferi about their new study on how the pandemic has affected our brains. It's December 10th, 2021. Hey friends, I'm Casey Rackham. And I'm Stephen LeConte. Welcome to BuzzFeed Daily. So to kick things off, in a recent interview with Time, Olivia Rodrigo responded to the accusations of copyright infringement on her debut album, Sour. Olivia said, quote, It was really frustrating to see people discredit and deny my creativity. Then, when speaking about being compared to other female artists, she said, quote, Young women are constantly compared to each other. I'm the new this, or this woman meets that woman, and that can be reductive. I'm just Olivia. I'm doing my own thing. It's meaningful when people recognize that. Olivia has openly acknowledged the influence of Taylor Swift and Paramore on her tracks Deja Vu and Good For You, respectively, and she's even given songwriting credits and royalties to those artists already. I mean, Casey, I feel like one uh, topic that you and I frequently discuss on this podcast is that as millennials, we often find ourselves in awe of Gen Z and their like clarity of mind when they talk about issues like this. Because, you know, we grew up in a pop era of, you know, like Britney Spears and Christina Aguilera and like the pink and like all these women being pitted against each other. And I love that the next generation is like saying, no, like we are not playing that game. Yeah. And, it, and it's also like it, it would be different if she was like denying the similarities, but she's not. She's like, yeah, I've taken inspiration because I mean, that is what music is. That's what all art yeah. is to come up to mm-hmm. with an original idea that is not influenced by anything ever. I don't know how that's possible, but by her saying like, you know, she's given royalties and credit. She's done what she's needed to do. So, I mean, she's like, okay, now let's move on. Yeah. Let's be honest. There's no such thing as like a truly original idea. All art is sourced from other art. That's like the nature of the beast. What's important is that she's not trying to pass off other people's ideas as Mm -hmm. her own. Mm -hmm. Olivia, 
good for you. <laughs> oh, Stephen. Right. Uh, get it? Yes, I got it. I understood the joke. (laughs) I'm way too proud of myself. All right. Well, spoiler alert for our next story. We're talking about the premiere of the Sex and the City reboot and um, a certain death. So, uh, you know, just skip ahead like two minutes if you really don't want to hear about it. So last night and just like that premiered on HBO Max. And while the critical response has been mixed, fans were legitimately shocked by the episode's final moments in which Mr. Big has a heart attack after riding a Peloton. But that's not all. Apparently, Peloton had agreed to the product placement, but was not informed of how the exercise bike would be used. So today, Peloton issued a statement from Dr. Suzanne Steinbaum, a preventative cardiologist and a member of Peloton's Health and Wellness Advisory Council, saying, quote, I'm sure Sex and the City fans like me are saddened by the news that Mr. Big dies of a heart attack. Mr. Big lived what many would call an extravagant lifestyle, including cocktails, cigars, and big steaks, and was at serious risk as he had a previous cardiac event in season six. These lifestyle choices, and perhaps even his family history, which often is a significant factor, were the likely cause of his death. Riding his Peloton bike may have even (laughs) helped delay his cardiac event. This is a statement from Peloton. This might be one of my favorite statements of all time. And while you're reading it, I was trying to think like, okay, was this written like, you know, obviously these are accurate scientific statements but was it written with just like that with dryness to be like hey we're defending ourselves or was it like kind of tongue-in-cheek and i don't know i do not know what the answer is i don't know either i would have loved to have been on that zoom call when they had to put all their like you know crisis management people to be together yeah like which intern did they make watch episodes to find (laughs) out when he had big stakes (laughs) I just can't believe like the audacity of HBO to yes. be like, hey, is it is it cool if we like feature your bike? And of course they would have been thrilled because Sex in the City was such a major yeah. show. And then to be like, oh, but it's going to kill a major character. It's wild. I'm like, did Peloton ask? And you know, like I, I again, I would love to see these emails. <laughs> Well, in any event, I love how their statement like reads like it's like half eulogy for Mr. Yes. Big, but it's also like shaming him for yes. like his unhealthy he, choices. He had a, he had a big life, a wonderful life, but also kind of deserved it. <laughs> Oh, Lord. All right. Well, moving on. It's safe to say that the last two years have been the most difficult years of our lives. Many of us have felt exhausted and frustrated with bouts of memory loss and brain fog. And while we assume that the pandemic is probably to blame, there's now a scientific study to back it up. Today, we're speaking with Harvard researchers Marco Loggia and Ludovica Brusaferi about a new condition they've named pandemic brain. Hi, Marco and Ludovica. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having us. Thank you for having us. Before we get into the study, would you mind explaining who you both are and what your fields of expertise are? Okay, sure. My name is Marco Loggia. I am an associate professor at Harvard Medical School, and uh, I direct the pain and neuroinflammation imaging laboratory at the Martino Center for Biomedical Imaging in uh, Boston, uh, Massachusetts General Hospital. And I consider myself a a brain imaging scientist, uh, primarily interested in study of uh, chronic pain, 
And one of the main elements of focus of my work in the last uh, 10 years or so has been uh, uh, the role of neuroinflammation, so brain inflammation in chronic pain and other conditions. I'm a postdoc in Marcus Lab, and so I joined his lab about a year ago, right in the middle of the pandemic in October 2020. And uh, I was previously in London, where I underwent my PhD in medical imaging physics. My background is mostly mathematically oriented. I study the physics underlying image uh, acquisition and reconstruction with medical imaging devices, but I gradually moved towards the clinical world uh, in the last years, and I'm currently studying the chemical and biological mechanisms underlying pain in chronic patients. Wow. So you're both smart. <laughs> that's, Seems like it. Yeah, I, I can't relate, but that's amazing. And we're very <laughs> glad to have you on the podcast. So the two of you recently co-authored a study along with several others about a condition you've named pandemic brain. Now, we should say up top that the study is still being peer reviewed, so it hasn't officially received that stamp of approval. But what is the main hypothesis that you've arrived at? Yeah, great. Absolutely. Thank you for the question. And and thank you for pointing out that this is still under peer review. As scientists, we want to be extra careful. And until, you know, the community has given us the okay, you know, we cannot be, uh, you know, too wild about it. So I also like to say maybe we didn't coin the term pandemic brain. We borrowed it. It's a, it's a pop uh, term. But so essentially, as I mentioned before, in, in my lab, we're doing a lot of work studying the role of neuroinflammation in various clinical populations, uh, such as special chronic back pain or chronic pain disorders, uh, fibromyalgia, gulf illness, etc. From this study, a main thing that is emerging is that brain inflammation appears to be linked to many different symptoms. And that's also that inflammation, different brain region is related to a different symptoms as well. So, for instance, we saw that increases in neuroinflammatory signals in certain brain regions are, uh, are, uh, seem to be linked to depressive symptoms, whereas in other regions are linked to fatigue or pain, et cetera, et cetera. So one day, my very smart postdoc, Ludovica, showed up in the lab, and, and she made this insightful observation that all of these things that we linked to neuroinflammation previously, well, the, all these symptoms have been reported to be aggravated or reported more often uh, since the pandemic. And so she said, well, why don't we just, you know, check if the pandemic has actually induced these uh, changes in the brain, this elevation in these markers of uh, brain inflammations. And uh, I thought it was a great idea. You know, I tend to be a little skeptical in general as a person. So uh, I gave my blessings, but at the same time, I spent the rest, you know, the following uh, several months trying to prove her wrong. <laughs> and, you know, I got to tell you, I, I gave her so many tests and so many different analyses, so much data to look at it. And then at the end, I think I had to concede. She, I, I think that the data are, are there to support the hypothesis. She was right and I was wrong. I love this. I love this bad cop, good cop situation <laughs> yes. we have going on. <laughs> okay, so we want to play you this TikTok from at drama dork 884, who originally introduced us to your study. The pandemic is changing your brain and scientists now have proof that this is happening. So I just talked about this in my last video where I talked about why I think so many people are getting diagnosed with ADHD right now. But I found this fascinating study from Harvard Medical School where researchers are discovering something called pandemic brain. And what's happening is in individuals who don't even have COVID-19, they're experiencing neuroinflammation that is causing brain fog, fatigue and depression. So hearing that girl break down your study on TikTok, what do you feel like she got right 
And what do you feel like maybe she characterized in ways that you wouldn't characterize? I think I was actually quite impressed with the way she described the study because she it, it was a very simplistic way of describing what we found, but it was correct because she just she didn't give an opinion on, on our study. She didn't like give too much scientific insight as well. She just basically read the paper somehow and say like, look, this is what people have found. I relate to it. And maybe there are more people that relate to it. And I really appreciated that. And can you go into a little bit more information about what neuroinflammation is and what its effects are? All right, so uh, neuroinflammation is, uh, quite simply put, an immune response generated by the central nervous system, that is, by the brain or the spinal cord. So it's something that can help you respond to any pathological event, such as, you know, an invasion of a microorganism, let's say a bacterium or, or a you know, virus that is entering your brain or some other pathological events. These inflammatory responses are typically very helpful in the acute context, so acutely during the active response of, uh, of, of the pathology. But the problem is that sometimes this uh, neuroinflammatory response become exaggerated and outlast substantially the originating event. This means that the reason why those neuroinflammatory responses were generated to, to begin with has been completely resolved, but inflammation goes on. And when inflammation goes on unchecked, then it becomes a problem. And uh, in the long term, dysfunctional, you know, immune response in the brain has actually been linked to uh, an increasing, ever-increasing number of pathologies that go from, you know, Alzheimer's disease to ALS to even psychiatric disorders, et cetera, et cetera. So bottom line, it's an immune response in the brain that can protect you in certain contexts, but can also harm you. And in your findings, what factors of the pandemic and the lockdowns uh, contributed to this neurological reaction? Basically, in this study, we linked pandemic-related psychological distress to neuroinflammation. However, we were not able to uncover the actually the causal relationship between the symptoms and the neuroinflammation. So those neuroinflammatory changes might be due to health concerns pertaining to the risk of infections, changes in lifestyle, loss of jobs or other source of income resulting from the imposed shutdown of business or other factors. So future uh, longitudinal studies could be definitely helpful to better understand the cause and effect relationship between those events. But for the time being, we we were not able to uncover this uh, causality. And is there a, you know, I actually am asking for me who has experienced that, is there a reversal of this that can happen? <laughs> Just, well, coming out of the pandemic, maybe it's uh, going to be a good solution. Okay, good, <laughs> good. <laughs> So I would say that, you know, we can certainly talk about certain remedies that there are some evidence that might reduce inflammation or not. But bottom line, because we don't really know what is causing this, right? What aspect of the pandemic is it the social isolations because we're doing less exercise, right? As Ludovic was mentioning, we are sleeping uh, maybe less or maybe more and, and things like that. So we don't, you know, we don't know the mechanism. Therefore, uh, knowing exactly how to fix this it's it's a little complicated you know in the literature if you i don't know if you google uh you know within within quotes you write reduces neuroinflammation right you'll find but also in more you know more serious searches if you look at you know the scientific literature there are some evidence some let's say some 
supplement supplements can can help you know there is a lot of hype on curcumin and you know there's pea and some evidence of d mannose it's one of those supplements that one of my colleagues mgh has recently published on etc etc can reduce inflammation uh, there is ample evidence that exercising uh, or, or even meditation or doing yoga uh, uh, reduces inflammation. Uh, and of course, you know, there's also other things you can do that probably you're uh, not, not necessarily you, but a lot of people are doing more, such as drinking alcohol. <laughs> that, that actually, <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, I'm, I'm not suggesting that. I, I probably am drinking more. <laughs> uh, but that probably doesn't help as well. So uh, certainly there are a few lifestyle changes that, you know, uh, it's worth trying. Um, but truth be told, we, we don't really know what's really causing this. And so... It's a little tough to make a specific recommendation. All right. Well, we'll be right back to talk even more about pandemic brain. At SheFit, we're tired of hearing new year, new you, fat burning secrets, and lose weight fast. The only thing you need to lose is self-doubt. The body you're in deserves respect, love, and support support you're not getting from your current sports bra it's time to experience the only sports bra that actually does its job and outperforms the most popular brands on the market it's time to feel real support from SheFit. save ten dollars today at shefit.com slash 2022 this is roxanne gay host of the roxanne gay agenda the bad feminist podcast of your dreams now what is the roxanne gay agenda you might ask well It's a podcast where I'm going to speak my mind about what's on my mind, and that could be anything. Every week, I will be in conversation with an interesting person who has something to say. We're going to talk about feminism, race, writing in books and art, food, pop culture, and yes, politics. I start each show with a recommendation. Really, I'm just going to share with you a movie or a book or maybe some music or a comedy set, something that I really want you to be aware of and maybe engage with as well. Listen to the Luminary Original Podcast, The Roxanne Gay Agenda, The Bad Feminist Podcast of Your Dreams, every Tuesday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Robert Lamb. And I'm Joe McCormick, and we're the hosts of the science podcast, Stuff to Blow Your Mind, where every week we get to explore some of the weirdest questions in the universe. Like, if sci-fi teleportation was possible, how would it square with the multitudes of organisms that inhabit our human bodies? Can we find evidence of emotions in animals like bees, ants, and crayfish? How would an interplanetary civilization function? Does free will exist? Stuff to Blow Your Mind examines neurological quandaries, cosmic mysteries, evolutionary marvels, and the wonders of techno-history. Basically, this show is the altar where we worship the weirdness of reality. If anybody ever told you you ask the weirdest questions, it is time to come join us in the place where you belong, the Stuff to Blow Your Mind podcast. New episodes publish every Tuesday and Thursday with bonus episodes on Saturdays. Listen to Stuff to Blow Your Mind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back. We're talking with Harvard researchers Marco Loggia and Ludovica Brusaferi about pandemic brain. Now, were you both surprised by what you learned during this study? Would you say this is a unique or abnormal phenomenon? And is there any scientific precedent for something like this occurring? 
So I wouldn't say we were surprised from seeing new inflammation per se, as like we had a, speci a specific hypothesis in this regard. However, what was definitely surprising was the extent of the inflammatory symptoms that, that we observed. And as it's quite widespread across the brain, and also we observed an agreement across different measurements, modalities, etc., meaning two different imaging metrics, PET and MR spectroscopy, also blood inflammatory markers. And what we feel is really striking and unique is the possibility that our data might represent a large-scale phenomenon. And we think it will be very important to see if other studies can actually replicate our findings, possibly even on participants with pre-existing conditions as it will allow to assess the long-term impacts of the of the pandemic. Yeah, absolutely. I, if I can add something, is really, I think, the natural follow-up to this. Uh, first of all, I agree with Ludovica that this data should be replicated. I'm, I'm really eager to see if other people have seen the same thing. It's very important. It's true we have seen a surprising convergence of all the measures we have collected. You know, as Ludovica is mentioning, we had different measures that all tell us the same thing. Even uh, level of markers of inflammation in the blood, which is something that maybe we have not mentioned before, I'm not sure is actually it's in the preprint, Ludovica, that, that is publicly available. So this is probably new information for you guys. We also saw elevation in, in blood markers for inflammation. And um, so that's certainly amazing. But I think what would be very interesting to see if then we also see elevation in inflammation in patients with uh, chronic conditions, which maybe could explain why some conditions are, um, are made worse by the pandemic. So I guess my last question is just, uh, have you seen any more TikToks about your study? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I haven't. I don't know. I just know that my, our other postdoc, Zainab, she posts cat-related TikTok videos. <laughs> And she gets millions of views. So I think that uh, the cat still beats in science. Yes, wow. cat beats science. <laughs> uh, well, thank you both so much for joining us today. This has been such a great conversation. Thank you so much. Thank you for having us. That's it for today. Come back and join us on Monday. And remember, it's clearly Mr. Big's fault that he died, not Peloton's. Thank you, Daisy. I'm sure Peloton <laughs> thanks you too. BuzzFeed Daily is produced by Dan Bowser, Frank Capello, and Jess Goodwin. Special thanks to Erica Nedanine and Samantha Hennig. Be sure to subscribe to BuzzFeed Daily on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you go for your podcasts. And please take the time to leave us a rating and a review. It helps us figure out what you like about the show versus what you love about the show. And remember to come back for more of the biggest stories on BuzzFeed, coming to you daily. I haven't really woken up. Oh, until I've had my McDonald's breakfast deal. And I know this is true because before breakfast, I put my phone in the refrigerator and couldn't find the keys that were already in my hand. Nothing gets the morning going like the first sip of an iced coffee. Get any size and any flavor for 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price and participation may vary. Ba -da -ba -ba -ba. McDonald's, I'm loving it. For my small bookstore to thrive, I can't just sell books. So I created a radio ad at iHeartAdBuilder.com to tell everyone about our author events, our story hours for kids, and our amazing lattes. Now we're busier than ever. I'd call that a success story. A custom radio ad from iHeartAdBuilder is the fast, affordable way to drive customers to your business. Put the power of radio to work for you. Get started now at iHeartAdBuilder.com.
Look through your children's eyes, and you will discover the true magic of a forest. Find a forest near you and start exploring at discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council.